Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world. Another time in the age of wonder. There was once a dream you could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers. Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm gonna have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith. Trust. Well, if it isn't the Star-Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Take your pixie out of your pocket, Neverlanders. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. Grab your happiest thought and let's fly away to Neverland this week. We have got some fun stuff coming, as we do every week. I have... A rare book review for you, and I bet you've read this book, but if not, I will warn you of spoilers. I took the time actually last weekend to read Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, considered to be the eighth in the Harry Potter book series, although this is based off of two parts of a play that is, uh, well, I don't know how much is actually written by J.K. Rowling, uh, but we'll get into that later. (laughs) And then also, I have a movie review for you of Suicide Squad. Yes, I went ahead, sucked it up, and went to go and see it, and I'll tell you what I thought about the film that is getting really horrible reviews right now from a lot of the critics. Also, we do have a trailer park, but it's going to be different this week. Lost Boy Eric, also known as Lost Boy Retlaw, has been at Friends of the Magic 2016 out there, and he's there right now as I record this, out there with all the other podcasters at Disneyland, uh, my goodness, from uh, all over the place. And there is a special preview of Pete's Dragon that he recorded for us, and we'll just go ahead and listen to that for our trailer park. Also, I've got some great ride audio. I also have the audio of, you know, our event that we had out there at the Haunted Mansion where things didn't go quite as I had expected, and you'll hear why. Uh, It's all coming up for you this week on the Neverland Podcast. It's 
spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. Alright, so for news this week, we have a new princess about to make her debut at Walt Disney World Resort. Princess Elena of Avalor, which I've been seeing, I believe, is going to be a new show uh, on the Disney Channel. Uh, but she's going to be making her first appearance in a limited time show called The Royal Welcome of Princess Elena of Avalor on August the 11th. This will happen in the Magic Kingdom Park. And uh, there's going to be a special ceremony, of course, taking place on the Cinderella Castle Forecourt stage. So if you're excited about that, uh, make sure you're in attendance. And uh, I did find a short 20-second video that talks about the event. Okay, also, uh, this has almost been controversial, <laughs> some of this this week. September 5th is going to be the actual end of Disneyland's Diamond Salib Celebration. Uh, Disney California Adventure Park is going to go back to their original version of World of Color. So uh, you better hurry up if you want to see Neil Patrick Harris and the current show. And if you haven't seen it yet, go check it out. Also, the Fantasy in the Sky Fireworks Spectacular will be coming back. Uh, I kind of thought the the fireworks show. I, I really wanted to see it. Uh, you know, going for the 60th anniversary. I kind of thought that would stick around. Also thought the the paint the night parade would be sticking around. But we are getting reports that that will also indeed conclude on September 5th and go back to I guess whatever was there before. Paint the night sounds like it's popular enough. I think that it'll come back. Uh, <laughs> I would think, or maybe it'll get moved down to Florida. I don't know, but. I think a lot of people really were disappointed that Paint the Night was going away. But, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Also, we've got reports that there are talks going on right now to bring a live-action Star Wars series to ABC television, but nothing is set. It's just in talks. I mean, uh, we've, we've heard rumors there was going to be something like in the Star Wars underground, you know, going on. And we were going to get a show. It's been rumored around and bantied about for a while. So this is, this is possible. But there hasn't been anything that confirmed that it is happening. But there are talks going on. So feel free to get excited if you want to. I think we should sit and wait. I'm sure Disney will make a grand announcement when they start to work on this show. Uh, I don't know what period of time it's going to be taking place. If it's dealing with sort of the underground, it would be kind of fun. You know, during the days of the Empire, maybe with some smugglers and stuff, trying to not get apprehended by the Empire with some smugglers. But that's kind of close to what Star Wars, Star Wars Rebels was, so maybe not quite go that direction. Uh, but either way, it's possible, okay? Okay, I don't really have a sounder for this, but it is time for a book review. Of course, now this, uh, as I would mentioned, this is Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Uh, the, uh, the play is has opened... In Britain, Great Britain, I don't know if someone over there is probably going to correct me and say, yeah, you didn't quite say it right. We have a very specific type of thing. Uh, but the the play opened in London, and uh, it's in two parts. Apparently, you get to go two separate nights to see both parts of the play. But here in the States, since we're not going to get a chance to see the play for who knows when, you know, I, don't, I haven't heard anything about it coming to America. And if it does, it'll probably play on Broadway or something like that. Uh, but it's... 
you know, we're, we're not hearing anything about it coming here. But we did get, and it says, Special Rehearsal Edition Script uh, on this book. Now, one thing, when you look at this book, you'll notice the cover is very, very different from what we're used to from Harry Potter books. The lettering is not the same. Uh, also, it has an interesting kind of a symbolic picture, like a bird's nest with wings with a child sitting in the nest, which is the logo they've been using for the play. Uh, I want to read for you the dedication that I find very interesting here uh, in the front of the book. It says, To Jack Thorne, who entered my world and did beautiful things there. And that was uh, from J.K. Rowling. Now, uh, this says it's based on an original new story by J.K. Rowling, and then John Tiffany and Jack... Th well, John Tiffany and Jack Thorne apparently also did part of this new story. And then it's a new play by Jack Thorne. So, this says to me with that comment that they may have just taken J.K. Rowling's world and uh, came up with a story thing, and then Jack Thorne wrote this play, because this is really missing J.K. Rowling's uh, mystery style of writing. Uh, there's really no mystery that they, the characters are going around and solving at this point. Uh, they, uh, they're also, I felt it was missing a lot of J.K. Rowling's sense of humor, which really makes the books a lot of fun. There's a lot of great humor. She's got a great sense of humor. Uh, but it, it seemed missing from this book. Uh, so it took away part of the fun. And also, kill you the Back to the Future music. Because I was expecting at many times that Marty was going to come out and say, Whoa, this is heavy! Because the entire plot of this really involves a lot of time travel with a time-turner that's not supposed to exist being found going back into the past, into the previous books, so we get a chance... It's basically like a fan film, this whole thing. You're going back to revisit some events in the original books altering them and seeing what changes. So I wonder if Jack Thorne read Flashpoint from DC Comics or something, which we're going to see played out in the Flash television show. Uh, but going back, and if, if one thing had changed, or this certain thing had changed, how everything would change when we're dealing with about 19 years after the events uh, of, of how the world, the Wizarding World, is different. And that's the, the kind of plot, is going back in time, messing things up. Whoops! Going back in time again, trying to fix it, messing things up. Whoops! And trying to fix it. I mean, this this plays like a Back to the Future movie. Uh, however, I did find it an interesting read. It was very fun to read. I mean, not as much fun as it could have been if J.K. Rowling's humor would have come across. Uh, but it was very interesting, and I did enjoy the characters. Uh, but I want to talk about a few things wrong with it, and I'm trying to be careful. I'm not really giving even any names uh, for spoilers. But from this point on... There, I'm going to talk about some stuff that's going to be kind of spoilery, so uh, here's your warning. Spoiler warning. Skip ahead. Uh, give me about five minutes or so, okay? Okay, if you're still here, that means you're okay with me saying spoilers. Maybe you've read the book. There was a cheesy lunk of dialogue here. Okay, so the the first time we have uh, have our two major characters, uh, Draco's son and Harry's son, Albus, who... Uh, is a Slytherin, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, I guess they've got a reason, because, all right, at the end of the books, he's all concerned he doesn't want to go into Slytherin, and his older brother's been teasing him, you know, and and so he, you know, Harry tells him, so, well, you know, you do get your choice. You know, the hat will let you choose Gryffindor. So I, the only excuse we get for why he doesn't choose Gryffindor is he meets Scorpius Malfoy and becomes friends with him, and I could see that maybe if they were bonded, he's like, oh, I'd kind of like to, you know, when Scorpius gets sorted into Slytherin, maybe he was kind of, in his communication with the hat, was like, you know, I'd kind of like to go over there. I've got a new friend over there in Slytherin. Can I go over there? You know, because maybe that's what happens. I guess they're they're going with the presumption of that's what happened. But the uh, story really skips forward a lot, and we've got some time travel, but the part that was really cheesy, uh, I almost want to look this up and read it to you, <laughs> but... 
Okay, so we have an alternate uh, future where Ron and Hermione were not married, and Ron has married Padma Patil instead. And we have this really, you know, I guess it's you know it's supposed to be an awkward moment when in, when Ron runs into Hermione at the school, and Hermione is the defense against the dark arts teacher, and Ron just it's word spaghettis pretty much uh, with awkward and uh, stuff. And it, but and I, I get I guess it was trying to be funny, but it came off really cheesy to me. <laughs> really did. I, I really didn't like it. I think it could have been reduced and made a little bit better. I mean, the awkwardness was, was already there. You could tell that it's just like, yeah, there's in an alternate timeline, you two were supposed to be together, but now this has been altered. Uh, one of the things that really kind of bothered me, but sorry, it was kind of strange, but uh, you have to now think about Bellatrix, Bellatrix Lestrange being pregnant. I'm going to presume it have to, had to have happened right after Dumbledore's death. Uh, maybe a little bit of celebration with Voldemort, uh, you know, and then uh, she has enough time there to have had a child uh, by the her, the end of the Deathly Hollows, where she has, I guess, recovered enough from uh, having a child to where she's active, as you see her at the end of Deathly Hollow. So I figure at that point, that's what they're saying, that she was supposed to be pregnant and have a child. I'm not going to say who the child is, because I don't want to spoil anything, uh, although we're in a spoiler section. But there is a, a question that popped up because it mentions that her husband is alive. See, I had figured he must have been dead. Maybe he died in Azkaban. But it mentions in this book that he's alive, which is inconsistent because, okay, so when all the prisoners were broken out of Azkaban, when Bellatrix herself was broken out, why was her husband not taken out? And even during the Deathly Hollows, when Voldemort has, contro has control of the Ministry and he has control of Azkaban, why doesn't and he? I guess he releases all his Death Eaters. Why was the husband not released? He's apparently still in Azkaban at the time of this book. He has never gotten out. Why not? Because I'm sure if he would have been out, he might have had a problem with his wife messing around with Voldemort, even if it's Voldemort and he's terrified of him. But what? You know, that really bugged me. <laughs> I didn't think that made any sense, uh, so that is one down point of the book. But overall, you know what? Um, check it out of the library, read it, uh, decide for yourself if you want to buy a copy. You've probably already bought a copy yourself, but uh, you know I did uh, find it compelling enough to read the entire thing. I don't think it's as well written as anything J.K. normally writes herself. Uh, I would think if, if if this story was kind of her idea, if she'd written it, I think it would have been a much better book. But she's, of course, busy writing the uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and I'm very excited for that as well, so we'll just let it go with that. Uh, now let's take a little moment here for a uh, visit to the trailer park. All right, y'all. One more time. It don't matter what you look like. It don't nobody gonna sing with me. Okay. The Neverland Trailer Park. Welcome to the Sunset Showcase Theater. I'm Bryce Alice Howard, and I play Grace in the upcoming reimagining of Pete's Dragon. Pete's Dragon is a heartwarming adventure between two very unlikely and special friends. An orphaned boy named Pete and his best friend, Elliot, who just happens to be a dragon. Please enjoy an exclusive sneak peek of the upcoming film, and be sure to check out Pete's Dragon in theaters in 3D on August 12th. I hope you have a great time here at Disney California Adventure. For as long as people have been going into those woods, there have been stories about a dragon. They come from the north, way up there in the mountains where few people have ever been. Hey guys, 
Come check this out. Hey. What do you think? A bear? You ever seen a bear that big? They say it lives in these very woods. They say this, they say that, but as far as I know, not one soul has ever actually seen this dragon. Except me. You saw a dragon? I sure did. What'd it look like? Well, it was green. Green all over. His eyes were red. Before I could even blink, it rears back its head, opens its mighty jaw, and shoots out of its Mark my words, that dragon is still out there. And if you were to go out there to those woods where no one ever goes, then you might find him. Unless he found you first.
were you doing in a tree? Following him. Okay, well, I'm not really going to comment much on that. I think it's time after a trailer, though, to have a movie review. There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Gentlemen, ladies, what if Superman had decided to fly down, rip off the roof of the White House, grab the president right out of the Oval Office? Who would have stopped him? build a team of some very bad people who I think can do some good. Y'all jokers must be crazy. What? 
This is the deal. You disobey me, you die. Try to escape, you die. You got a boyfriend? You irritate or vex me. I'm known to be quite vexing. I'm just forewarning you. You die. You don't own me. If they get caught, we throw them under the bus. What a ride! Let's play! Come on, got some better to This guy. Uh -oh. Not good. Don't forget, we're the bad guys. Are you sweet talking me? All of that chit chat's gonna get you hurt. I was just trying to get you there. You know how it feels, right? We good. What you having? Beer. Whiskey. What am I, 12? How about you, hot stuff? Water. That's a good idea, honey. Okay, so Suicide Squad, I, I, you've heard me say for weeks that I was really not excited about it. I didn't think it looked very good. My two primary concerns was this looked like the worst Joker ever, and it looked like it was trying too hard to be Guardians of the Galaxy. In that, I was right. Very much so. This really felt like they were trying to reach that, that Guardians of the Galaxy level you know, type of a thing. Uh, and it, I think almost they tried too hard. They even, in the soundtrack, and there's some good stuff on the soundtrack. The soundtrack even sounds like stuff you'd hear on the, Gal the Gal Guardians of the Galaxy with some classic rock. Because uh, this is, of course, a bunch of scoundrels and rogues, kind of criminals, thieves, or whatever, that are thrown together to save the world, although they don't really know what they've been called together to do. Uh, they're not really told. It's very secretive. This is the uh, the government agency Vargas, which, for those of us that have been watching Arrow, are, you're already going to be familiar with Vargas and the Suicide Squad and uh, Amanda Waller. Uh, and although in the Arrow TV series, Amanda Waller has already met a timely end. Uh, but we also did get to see a little bit of a Suicide Squad kind of put together, and it was pretty cool. We got to see some of these characters, actually, in Arrow. Captain Boomerang, Deadshot, we've already seen them in Arrow. And got to see them kind of, you know, working with a Suicide Squad. And it was cool to see these two characters. I did really actually enjoy the characters in this. I actually did have fun with this, mil this film, despite my criticisms uh, I did have a lot of fun I, I had more fun than I did at Ghostbusters I think uh, but uh, some of the fun in there is you do get to see a, uh, a bit of Batman and because uh, they go through when they're introducing these villains you're getting to see how they were apprehended and of course Batman is involved also the Flash we get a really good look at how the Flash is going to be looking in the Justice League movie the suit I think looks really cool uh, so, but we can see the Flash catching Captain Boomerang and stuff like that. Uh, Batman, of course, catching Deadshot. And hats off to Will Smith. He has really grown to such a great actor. Uh, he was so great with Deadshot. He made a character, really, that we could care about. And actually, I ended up caring about a lot of the characters. Uh, I also really did enjoy Jay Hernandez as this character, Diablo, which I'm not familiar with the DC Universe, so I am not that familiar with this character, but he has this fire control and manipulation and generation that he does and the, to add some depth to it 
we see that he's regretting doing harm with it with his flame despite whatever he's done in the past he's you know having a crisis of conscience of uh, realizing well I've killed a lot of people and he doesn't want to uh, and I think they actually did a lot of great development even uh, you know there's not a whole lot with Killer Croc played by Adewale Akinu I'm probably saying his name wrong I'm sorry but he, I thought he was fun as Killer Croc he didn't get a whole lot you didn't get a lot of development and character for him but Killer Croc, you gotta love that guy. If, if you watched the old Batman animated series, if you've played and been terrified by Killer Croc in the Batman video games, the Arkham Asylum game particularly, boy, wow, he was a great character in there. Uh, so it's nice to see all these characters together, and you get a little bit of backstory, and you get a little bit of uh, you know who they are to where you care about the characters, at least in my opinion. I've seen a lot of criticism to say, oh, well, I didn't care about these characters unless you knew them in the DC, and maybe that's that's the thing. Maybe because I've seen some of these characters on Arrow, I cared about them that way, uh, but that's really not the case. I wasn't familiar with Diablo, and I did I did like Diablo. I, I thought he had a very interesting story arc. Now, some things I could criticize. Okay, Jared Leto, I don't blame him for his poor depiction of the Joker. I think it was all in the writing and the costume design. They just didn't get the Joker right. They made him Scarface. He's all covered in bling and his, you know, gold teeth, and he's living that, you know, modern gangster pimping lifestyle, and not being the Joker, at all. I mean, he tried to do a laugh, which was passable, but it was not very good. I mean, it sounded like he was trying to be I'm in being an intimidating. <laughs> he sounded more like a bad Simpsons character. <laughs> know what I mean? So, I was really not enjoying the character. There's nothing about him that seemed like the Joker. Even coming to Harley Quinn's rescues multiple times, that is something I've never seen the Joker do, personally. In fact, you know, in the animated series, if Harley would get into trouble, Joker's not sacrificing anything for her. He doesn't really care about her. She's fun for him. But there's not a real complete relationship as much as what Harley Quinn would want, because Harley Quinn is totally enamored with him. But he's just like, well, she's fun to have around, and I like doing working with her, and maybe doing some other things with her. Who knows, you know, what they might imply. But it's not a reciprocated feeling. Joker is more bonded with Batman than he is with Harley Quinn. You know, there's like almost he feels like Batman is his best friend. And if you've even gone through some of the psychology, I loved uh, the Arkham City game when you have the Joker literally, you know, basically in your head through a communicator, and how he's constantly talking. Oh, it's like having my best friend to talk to anytime I want. You know. It's a weird relationship the Joker and Batman have uh, from the Joker's creepy perspective. It was very, very interesting. Uh, but that is not the Joker we got. We got a... I don't know what kind of Joker this was. He was jealous over Harley at one point, and... Yeah, I don't know. It just didn't feel at all like the Joker. So this, to me, is the worst Joker ever. Now, as far as Margot Robbie... As Harley Quinn, I think she was great playing the character. Uh, she had a lot of the personality. She kind of gave a little bit of uh, Arlene Sorkin's kind of uh, dialect or accent a little bit. I mean, Arlene really, you know, who originated the character, uh, written, uh, you know, into the, the animated series where we first got the character. That's where the character was created. She really brought that to life, I think. I, I got to give her credit, and uh, I like Margot Robbie as as Jane in the new Tarzan movie. I think she's a great actress. Um... But I think she was more cast in this to show some skin. That seemed to be the point. This is this is not the Harley Quinn that we're kind of used to. This is kind of a different one. Um, really, I mean, he, she's wearing a costume that her, her backside is hanging out. Let's put it like that. She's there to show skin. And, you know, she's provocatively bends over and stuff like that. They, they're not focused on the fact that she's a pretty good actress. 
but I think that's all they wanted for Harley Quinn is, uh, is sex sells, you know. Um, and uh, they just had to find somebody willing, and she was previously in The Wolf of Wall Street, which I have not seen, but I know enough about that movie to know you can see plenty of things in that one. Her being in that film, I bet you could see plenty there. Um, so I'm going to leave that at that. Now, the other character, the villain here, the Enchantress, June Moon, slash the Enchantress, played by Cara Delevingne. I'm, I'm probably getting her name wrong. Uh, I, I was kind of wondering about her because noticing how they treated her character, she's barely clothed most of the, most of the time as she's being the villain, but she was in that Paper Towns movie, uh, apparently also in Pan, which I did not see. Uh, trying to do a little research, I end up coming across that she has been a Victoria's Secret model because she's really not a great actress. I gotta say, her, especially toward the end, she was so over the top and cheesy that I thought, well, I guess they're trying to make the character that way, but it was so over the top that it pulled me out of the story. I was like, this is, that's a little much. But she was basically there to be wearing next to nothing and be painted up. Uh, you know, uh, they didn't cast her for her acting ability. They cast, you know, casted her for her looks and her willingness to show a little skin on camera. Uh, it seemed to me. Uh, and it was really a, kind of a lame villain. I mean, she had some cool powers, but they didn't explain what she was up to very well. She she talks about, oh, I'm going to, they love to worship machines. I will build them a machine. I There wasn't really anything that, okay, here's this machine. Here's what it does. Other than you see when they start, you know, confronting her at the end of the film, she's able to des- destroy stuff because she's captured Amanda Waller. And so she knows where to find things to destroy. And she's using whatever this is that she's got uh, to... <laughs> destroy it so i guess that was the machine the other part of it is she's able to basically create a zombie movie because she can take people and with her power curse them into weird monsters that will now loyally serve her and yeah it was like a zombie movie the way these things were going around except for they were able to move quick and uh they were wearing military outfits some of them yes it was kind of off uh so i mean there's some stuff you can definitely complain about this movie but I did have fun with it. I mean, it's 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 entertaining. You got to give it that. And uh, I think most of the cast, I think, was very very good. Uh, I just wish they'd give them a bit more, you know, credit to how uh, Margot, Margot Robbie was playing the character, and not so much focused on how much skin you could get her to show, trying to get teenage boys into the audience, which I guess was your target audience. But yeah, if you bring your your uh, daughter into this, or thinking, oh, it's superheroes. You're going to get wrong messages that you probably don't want to send to your daughter. In an age where we're trying to, you know, have maybe female superheroes and try to build up a little bit, this seems like a step back. Uh, granted, she's not a superhero. She's a villain, but we're she's a hero in this movie, you know. Um, her relationship with the Joker is very weird. You do get to see a little bit more of how the Joker is supposed to have turned her and kind of gives it a little bit more credence to where he would have done things to kind of turn her a bit more insane instead of just simply taking a psychologist and convincing her to his side of things. So that was kind of interesting, at least to uh, bring it to make a bit more sense. I'm just really disappointed the Joker had more like pale skin and not white skin. And uh, even after a chemical dip, it doesn't seem to have affected Harley much more than, uh, well, she was crazy and I guess pale skin. Uh, overall, I think it's worth viewing. Uh, I don't know if it's worth viewing in the theater. There was a 3D showing. I skipped it. 
but I, I don't know that it'd be worth going to 3D, but then again, I didn't see it in 3D. Maybe it was special in 3D, <laughs> but uh, overall, it was a lot of fun. It has done very well, apparently, over the weekend, uh, which I figure a lot of people were going to come out. And you know what? I think fans of this type of thing, we're still going to have a good time with it. Was it the greatest movie it could have been? No. Uh, was it fun though? Yes, it was fun. Am I going to buy it when it comes out on DVD or anything? Probably not, but it was fun to see at least one time and I'll probably watch it. It'll come on Netflix or something. I might take another look at it because uh, like I said, I did enjoy some performances and uh big, big props to Will Smith. I really think he carried the movie as Deadshot. Uh, was, he did great. Okay, now I have a lot of great audio that I want to share with you. Uh, there is, of course, the mansion meet that uh, that Eric was hosting there at Friends of the Magic. And, of course, they all rode the Haunted Mansion together. And so we're going to share that audio. But before we get to that, uh, he did get to check out some of the new th items over there. Uh, so... Uh, there is a uh, soaring around the world. He went into there, so we're going to listen to that. Then we will listen to the Silly Symphony ride, Luigi's Flying Tires, and then finally go to the Haunted Mansion meet where I had some trivia questions that turn out to be a little bit more difficult than I thought. I'm hoping maybe some more regular listeners to Neverland would have been able to answer these questions. Send me some feedback. if you, if when, when these questions are asked, if you would have been able to answer and get these right, let me know. I'd be curious to know because I, I think we stumped some of our guests. Well, I thought these were simple enough, but, uh, but um, my wife was telling me, it's like, well, things that seem easy to you don't necessarily mean they're easy to other people. But this is a lot of... Um, information that I've covered multiple times in the show, so I thought it would have uh, come naturally for anyone who's who has listened to the show. I, I figured you'd know, but maybe you wouldn't. Let me know. But, uh, so, here we go. Let's take a ride in a Disney park. Let's take a ride at a Disney park. Let's take a ride right now. Oh, oh. Daddy, you oh, he's still there. My name is Patrick, and I'll be your chief flight attendant today. We'll begin boarding in a few minutes, but first I'd like to acquaint you with some important safety information. Crunk. When the doors to your flight open, please take a seat and store all carry-on items in the underseat compartment. This includes cameras, purses, hats, and of course, these little beauties. Next, fasten your seatbelts, inserting them into the buckle on your right. If smaller aviators don't measure up to the height indicator on the seat, just put the belt through the loop in the center strap before buckling it. Nice work, pal. Soon you will be airborne. So if you or your little aviators have a fear of flying or heights, you might want to wait for your party at the arrival gate. Okay, let's review. Prop just told us what to do. Should we listen to her or not? Should we listen to Should we listen to Uh, no.
We are now conducting our final systems check. Please stow all carry-on items in the under-seat compartment. For your safety, remain seated with your seatbelt fastened during your flight and watch your children. Bienvenidos. Favor de colocar sus efectos personales en el compartimiento debajo del asiento. Para su seguridad, permanezcan sentados con el cinturón de seguridad abrochado durante el vuelo y vigilen a los niños. Seatbelt. We are ready for takeout.
Careful, Adrian.
To Disney and beyond. Okay, yeah, we definitely want to wait for them. Okay, I will go ahead and get started. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast's Haunted Mansion Mate. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to thank everybody for coming. I know it's late, but hey, what better than to close out a great day with the Haunted Mansion? Yep, that's right. Exactly. Now, uh, for those of you who may not be familiar with the Neverland Podcast, uh, it is hosted by Jeremy. He's our Spider Pam. I am one of his co-hosts, Eric Warren. Um, I go by Lost Boy Eric or Lost Boy Retlaw. Uh, what our podcast is, is we talk about a lot of the things that we enjoyed in our youth. We talk about popular culture today. Uh, you'll find us talking uh, anything from 1980s comic books to the latest movie releases. And uh, just talk about what we enjoy. Uh, Jeremy is based in Missouri. Uh, and uh, he's asked me to share a few questions. We have prizes, uh, if you can get the accurate answer. Some of it does involve Disney in Missouri, and some of it directly involves our show. So hopefully you've been listening. Hopefully, if you haven't been listening, you may know what the answers are. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to begin. One of our uh, favorite guests is Katie Lee. She's a voice actress that has been involved in several Disney productions. Uh, specifically two animated uh, TV shows. Does anybody know what characters she voiced in Disney television animation? Star? <laughs> Star Barfly? Google, Google help! <laughs> Okay, I'll give you a hint. These were some of the first Disney television animated productions. Darkwing Duck. What's that? Did they not run on Disney Channel? They may have run on the Disney Channel after their initial oh, syndicated okay, run. So we're talking about not garbage. Awesome. Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> You know, Hannah Montana is part of our group, right? She's One of them, definitely 80s animation. Another one, very early 90s animation. We're going to all feel really soon here, really soon, are Nope, neither of those. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and move on uh, to our next question. Another guest of our show has been Will Ryan. He's also a voice artist. He has voiced two characters in Mickey's Christmas Carol, one character which he returned to voice in Get a Horse. Anyone familiar with Get a Horse? Yes. All right. Yep. So, name one of the characters that he has voiced. Willie. Willie. That is correct. Yay. He also voiced uh, Pete as well. Thank you, sir. Yay! Uh, Mickey Penn. Yes, you are quite welcome. That was Gary Chambers. All right. Let's move on to some Marceline questions then. 
Walt Disney returned to Marceline for two things that were dedicated to him and named after him. Name one. Yes, Laura. A hmm? park. A park. Not specifically. A school. Yes. Close to a park, though, was a swimming pool. Ah, okay. Again, you should have gone. I am so sorry. Jen, did you have another? No, Jen's back behind school. Oh, school. Okay, I'm sorry. You know what? It's all right. All right. Just double check, make sure how many All right. Go with one final question. What Disney film had its premiere in Marceline? Tugboat Me. No. <laughs> Matt. I'm probably wrong about this, but I'm going to try Tom Sawyer. Nope. Nope. Good guess, though. Toby Tyler? Not Toby Tyler. Steamboat Willie? Was it a live action film? It was a live action film. Johnny Tremaine? Nope. It starred Fest Parker. Oh, now oh, it gave it back. Davy Crockett, the River Pirates. No. <laughs> it was not made for television. Was it, it wasn't Old Yeller, was it? Nope. Okay. I'm here with you again. <laughs> okay, good for you. Wait, you want to ask the question again? He's actually yeah, going to know the answer. Yeah, I'll ask it one more time. What Disney film had its premiere in Marceline? Know it. We've confirmed that it's live action and that it starred Fess Parker. Come on, it's true. It was But it was not Baby Crockett. It had a steam goat in it, right? No. We talked about this. No. Was it another political figure? Mr. Smith goes to Washington? No. Was it young Mr. Lincoln? All right. What's that? Young Mr. Lincoln? No. Nope, I'm afraid we've stumped you. That was the great locomotive chase. Oh, oh. that's right. The uh, other question that we asked, name one of two Disney animated TV characters that had been voiced by Katie Lee. One is Sunny Gummy from the Gummy Bears. Oh, the Gummy Bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. And the other character that she voiced in Disney animation was Honker from Darkwing Duck. Oh, Hunker. Hunker Metalfoot. She also was the very first voice for Dumbo in Dumbo Circus. Oh, wow. No way. Oh, okay. All right. So thank you, everyone, for participating. We are able... Oh, yeah, not a problem. We are able to get a uh, single elevator to ourselves. If you would like the experience to lay down. I've heard that it's something definitely to participate in. Who's going to volunteer to help us all that It has been a long day. I no, no way, no way. Never no one ever need, no one ever said okay to that. Alright, let's go ahead and move on. Mom, Sophie. Alright. Alright. Who had has a wheelchair? Oh.
Right back here. Is she able to walk? Oh, one moment. Joseph. He's got one wheelchair. We're hoping to have our elevator. Our group get over here and let the other people get through.
seated with your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside, and watch your children, please. Permanezca sentado y mantenga las manos, brazos, pies y piernas dentro del vehículo. Y cuide a los pequeñitos. Y ahora, prepárese. Thank you. 
The happy haunts have received your sympathetic vibrations and are beginning to materialize. They're assembling for a swinging wake. And they'll be expecting me. I'll see you all a little later. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
make fine Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we 